In today's episode, we are going to be talking about your limiting belief because I know you have a limiting belief. I'm not good enough. I'm terrible on camera. I'm not charismatic enough. I'm too introverted. I'm too extroverted. I'm too loud. I'm too opinionated. I don't, I don't have enough time. I have too many things going on. I have kids and they don't and that's unfair. Um, whatever it might be, you have a limiting belief and I know you do. We all have limiting beliefs. But we're going to be talking about how to take your limiting belief and to turn it into a superpower. This is rad. Let's get into it. Now, this is a story all about how my... Hey, guys, Dino Gomez here, and you are listening to the Secrets of Coaching podcast, where we break down the nuances of growing a seven-figure online coaching business. And we are about to get started in three, two. What's up, family? Happy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday to you. What are three things you are grateful for? We are so lucky to live in this day and age, right? Uh, uh, For so many different reasons. But as we, as humans, look at all of the problems, objections, and things that are in our way, uh, we have it really, really freaking easy, guys. Um, and, uh, I'll be talking more about this in another episode, but we have it so easy. We sit down in front of a computer and play on this thing called Facebook and that's a a business. It is a business. Uh, we're so lucky. I'll get into that in in another, another episode. Um, because I know posting content on social media is, uh, you know, uh, scary to some what will our family and friends think? What a luxury of a problem to have seriously, right? I'm scared what my friends and family will think as I post onto this computer and to this little social network thing, uh, what they will think and say. Um, uh, that is the easiest business I've ever heard of, at least in this day and age. But anyways, I know it can be challenging for some. It was challenging for me in the past. We'll cover this one in another episode. But today, I want to talk about your limiting belief. I know you have a limiting belief because we all do. And here's what's interesting that I used to, to think that might, might help you out a lot with whatever your limiting belief is, right? And your limiting belief, again, might be like, hey, I'm not charismatic enough to be on video. I don't have enough time because I have kids and I have this. Uh, it might be that I'm too introverted. It might be I'm too extroverted. I'm too loud. I'm too opinionated. It might be my hair's too curly. My hair's too short. It might be that I'm too tall or I'm too short. It could be I'm too old. I'm too young. That everybody has a limiting belief. Uh, I don't have a big social media following. I have too big of a social media following. Like there's always a limiting belief. Now, here's what's interesting is you will conquer your limiting belief currently to introduce a new limiting belief. Do you know? What are you talking about? How does that work? Here's an example. My limiting belief used to be that I could not charge $2,000 per client. All right, that's too much. Who has that money? I've never heard of that before. All right, then got into a mastermind where everybody was charging way more than that. And I was like, wow, there's a whole market for this. Let me do the same. Started landing clients. It leveled out. I was like, okay, $2,000 client, $2, clients on the regular. Let's go to 5000 Limiting belief. I don't think that market exists. There's no buyers. There's nobody. Nobody has money for $5,000. Started charging $5,000. People started paying it. Uh, client quality went up. I was like, this is incredible. Let's just try $10,000, right? And then just it just keeps going. But your limiting belief will change, will evolve, will it grow, will, will, will adapt, if I said all that correctly. It will change over time. Um, 
And so, interesting. Let's talk about your your limiting beliefs for a second. And and you're probably like, Dino, I'm really curious. How in the world am I going to turn the fact that I have a, whatever it might be, speech impediment into a superpower? My limiting belief is I'm not going to be good on social media because I have trouble getting words out correctly or I sound different than other people. That could be your limiting belief. That can also become how you are unique and different because guess what? Nobody can copy you as long as you are your yourself and as long as you own your imperfections. Own it. Own it with a smile and with your chest puffed out. Own it. Own your limiting belief, all right? It is literally the unfair, uh, unfair opportunity and marketing angle that you have. Let me give you an example. Did this exercise with uh, clients inside of our program recently. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'll give you guys just a couple here. Um, and it's such an amazing mastermind, our, our group of clients, because everybody's so respectful of each other. But I led by example. I always do. So before I asked my clients to share openly what their limiting belief was so that I could help them turn it into a superpower, I first shared some limiting beliefs that I have had. All right, and so I gave the example of when I was like 12 or 13 years old, uh, that was kind of when I first figured out that girls like tall dudes, all right? And so I was like, oh, crap, I'm short, probably will always be short. How am I going to How am I gonna figure this one out? And, and so I remember I had a conversation uh, with my dad about it and uh, actually my sister's my older sister's friend, who was this dude about it, who seemed very confident. And I was like, oh, he's older. He's an older teenager. He probably knows the answer to this. Um, but a roundabout way, they, they said the exact same thing. They're like, oh, you just own it. They're like, embrace the fact that you're short um, and uh, be more charismatic and you know, be more confident. And when the school dance comes out, be the first dude to grab the girl's hand and get on the dance floor. They're like, start the dance party. Show, like, you can make up for it in other areas. Um, and so I started going, okay, how can I play to my strengths? Where do I need to develop other uh, areas and, and things um, you know, that would be attractive to girls, so to speak, at this young age, right? Um, which was like the only thing you think about at that age. So right, I, I kind of embraced it and I started to, you know how it is when you're in middle school, everybody stands back to back, like how tall are you? Who's taller? Let's stand back to back and do the whole measuring thing with the hands. And so the girls would always come up to me and who's taller and this type of thing. So as soon as I, I figured it out at some point, when, when somebody would ask me, how tall are you? I would say, I'm five foot sexy or five foot six. I would just start to like absolutely embrace it. Um, and, and then that, what did that do? What happens when somebody embraces their imperfections, right? Uh, what does that do to your comfort level being in their presence, right? If somebody has an imperfection, that is, and they make fun of themselves for that imperfection, what does that do to your comfort level around them? It makes you extremely comfortable around them because they are saying they are imperfect and that they are okay with it, which means that they are also okay with your imperfections. You can now be yourself around them because right, they are comfortable with people having imperfections. They just stated the fact they have an imperfection, and they're completely cool with it. So you're cool as well. You, nobody has to act perfect anymore in this scenario. Interesting how that works. Let's look at stand-up comedy here because I love stand-up comedy, as you guys may or may not know, right? Let's look at some of the most famous and popular comedians right now. There's a gentleman named Fluffy, all right? He's a big gentleman, and most of his jokes are about being overweight, 
and he he just makes fun of it. He goes, hey guys, last joke of the evening because McDonald's is going to close down soon. It's almost 3 a.m. And the crowd goes nuts and everybody laughs and so forth. And then he legitimately goes and gets McDonald's and he'll like post it on social media and stuff like that. Uh, he is embracing the fact that he's a bigger gentleman and he is putting every he's putting the entire audience at comfort for them, right, being confident in their own skin with their own imperfections as well. People are attracted to people who own their imperfections. Nobody wants perfection. Uh, they want happiness. They want to be able to be themselves um, and have things go very well while being themselves but not having to put on a facade of being perfect. And so I can also go to Kevin Hart, right? Kevin Hart, what are his first stand-up tour, right? He makes a bunch of jokes about being short, and the crowd goes nuts. He's very open about owning his imperfection. I'm short. I'm going to make fun of myself, but I own it and becomes the number one comedian in the world, right, based on that, right? So I can go on and on. The Rock, because Kevin Hart's done a lot of movies with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, right? The Rock is really, really great. And here's somebody, right, from the outside, you could just say, now there's a, a, he's perfect in every way, shape, or form, right? Big guy, good-looking guy, muscular, uh, he, he's funny, like a million different things, right? So uh, what does he do to put his audience at ease and to show that he's down to earth? He talks about and he makes fun of the fact that he's clumsy because he's so buff. And he will make comments like, well, you guys know I have to go right now because obviously I have to go to the gym because I'm, you know, a buff uh, and, you know, dorky individual. Like he, he literally makes fun of himself for a positive habit that he has so that his audience is put at ease. So all examples of individuals owning their imperfections. When you own your imperfection, you put others at ease so that they can feel okay being imperfect as well as a human. And so circling back around, right? One of the most attractive things you can do is own your imperfections. So, right, whatever you think your imperfection is, I'm introverted. I am not that articulate on video or camera. How am I going to use social media to grow my business? Simple. You are going to be introverted. And if you consider yourself awkward or anything else, be all of those things on camera. And most importantly, you have to call out the elephant in the room. So you start your Facebook Live and you just go, hey guys, this is the introverted uh, mindset coach coming at you with a bunch of weird wisdom. You just, boom, you just completely embrace it from the start. And now other people go, yes, I can be myself, right? Around, uh, I'm introverted as well. Or, oh my gosh, I think I have quirky traits as well. I'm going to embrace that. And now I just found my coach, the introverted mindset quirky coach. That's, that's, that's totally me. That's who I'm going to go to. All of a sudden, this individual who um, considers themselves introverted and quirky, right, just took that and turned that into a massive advantage that somebody who is confident and outgoing and well-spoken cannot duplicate, right? Who is that introverted, quirky coach going to attract, right? And, and more importantly, who in the marketplace, right, who uh, is that audience going to choose? The confident, outgoing, well-spoken coach or the quirky, introverted, uh, brilliant coach, who, right, that they more align with and, and, and see similar character, character traits with, right? An introvert's going to choose it most, most of the time. They'll choose another introverted coach. So as long as you come right out of the gates and, and say that, it becomes an attraction method. It becomes uh, an unfair advantage where somebody, your perceived disadvantage just became your biggest advantage, all right, and so we did this with our clients. Such an awesome exercise. Some of the limiting beliefs 
you know, we went through every single one with every single client and it was amazing what happened on this, uh, you know, mastermind call because everybody was helping everybody out with the angles that nobody could see themselves. Nobody could, it's hard to see the opportunity when you're sitting in those feelings yourself. But as soon as you gain the perspective from others in the mastermind and, and me leading this exercise, all of a sudden everybody just got so fired up because they're like, I see my opportunity now. And boom, they have an unfair uh, advantage instantly. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, so much fun. And, and so important because, uh, again, everybody has limiting beliefs uh, and they change over time. They can evolve, but they can be your absolute biggest advantage if you understand how to embrace it. And so, guys, whatever your limiting belief is, right, there is an advantage. There's an advantage and opportunity waiting for you inside of that limiting belief. Uh, you have to do the work. You have to gain the perspective. You need to have outsiders help you understand what they are seeing versus what you are experiencing because normally it's radically different and opposite. Um, but you're gonna you're gonna need you know somebody to help you through that. All right. So uh, that is it for this episode, guys. Just know, right? There's no un- unfair advantage out there per se. All right. And the, and the way I will wrap this up in a nice flour tortilla as a delicious burrito is this, right? Um, why do uh, why does why do I think it's 99%. Why do 99% of lottery winners lose their fortune, their millions that they won, $100 million or whatever they win in the lotto, why do they lose all that money within three years? Right? It's because they never had to fight for uh, and learn how to acquire wealth and how to manage wealth. All right, so again, the reason I bring that up is because you might say, oh, my limiting belief is based on resources. I don't have resources or I'm having to work twice as hard or I don't have as much time. Those are all your advantages because you're having to fight for what you want. And once you fight for something that you want, once you get what you want, you know how to fight to keep what you want versus the uh, you know lottery winner who's gifted $100 million. They never had to fight for it. They don't know how to fight to keep it. They don't know money management, so they end up losing it within three years. All right, same happens with professional athletes. So again, if you're going through the fight and the push or the limiting beliefs, be thankful for it because it's building your character. It's also There's also an opportunity there for you to use that strategically to a marketing advantage and to help more people because whatever you are experiencing, most likely there are millions of other people experiencing and feeling the exact same thing. But the question is, are you ready to help them uh, and demonstrate your leadership by, by demonstrating to them that you are imperfect as well? Uh, and that opens up an opportunity for them to feel comfortable around you. All right, so that is it for that this episode, guys. I hope that was helpful, uh, and we'll see you guys soon.